0: I'm probably going to be 99% of the time, I'll be the only dark guy.
1: He was like, I just think that they don't think I'm like them at all because of how I present myself.
0: I feel like knowing that I'm African and I have that skin colour they've been so generalized and stereotyped, you yeah. know, it's okay. So if I can wear the suits, if I dress nicely, if I'm successful, if I do this, this, and this, yeah. mm-hmm. it's getting me out of that box. But so I think that's a huge reason as to why I do that too. So people aren't like, oh, why is he wearing a bandana or a do-rag or baggy pants or whatever it is? Right. You know?
2: Hey, and welcome to I'm Adopted, Now What? A podcast where we talk about all things race, culture, and identity, one chat at a time. This is for people who want to get real, get deep, and figure out now what. I'm your host, Liza. Welcome to the podcast. Okay, on this episode, I chat with Nick and Courtney. They are a biracial couple from Australia, and Nick was adopted from Colombia. He talks a lot more about that in the episode, so I won't say too much more about it, other than it was just really cool to hear his story and how he feels. Obviously, I've talked about this on the podcast before, how adoptees no matter where you were adopted from or what race your adoptive parents are, there are situations that we all have in common. But I'm an Asian adoptee, and so that is the experience I know most intimately. So it was really insightful to hear an adoptee's story from a country that wasn't asian that wasn't korea or japan or china apart from the topic of adoption nick and courtney were just the coolest people awesome vibes i really enjoyed getting to know them and talking with them if ever the pandemic is over and i find myself in australia they will be my first call i'm so thankful that i had the opportunity to speak with them Our conversation was actually quite long, and for that reason, I will be splitting it up into three different parts. So today, you'll hear part one, next Tuesday will be part two, and then finally part three. Now part three will be the final episode of season one, and I'll have a small mini follow-up episode to kind of round everything out, but I just wanted to tell you all that now so that when you get into this story, you know that it's the last adoption story that will be featured this season. And because there is so much material, so much conversation to get to, I have decided to forgo the ad spots that I've been doing for all of the previous episodes. So here in part one, as well as the next two Tuesdays, there won't be a promo spot in the middle. It'll just roll right through and we'll keep the conversation going. I think this is such a great story and a great interview to end on. And I'm really excited to Hear what you all think, and finally be able to share it. Okay, here it is. How are you?
0: Good. How are you?
2: I'm good. Thank <laughs> you so much for meeting with me. It's really great to finally see you sort of live in person.
0: <laughs> I think that's the way everything's going to be now with COVID. Hey.
2: Yeah, I, I think so. Um, thank. Like so. So how do you? How did you? Um, sort of meet just to kind of start, like get your story.
1: (laughs) Um, So one of my bridesmaids, she was my childhood best friend since I was like four years old. Um, And her older sister was friends with Nick. So he was kind of always really around when I was younger. And then um, we ended up moving and I didn't, we kind of saw each other again, maybe when I was about, Fifteen or sixteen? Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, so then um we just ran into each other and yeah, it kind of all started little, from there, I guess. Yeah. That's
2: and here we are. <laughs> nice. And what sort of made you um or I know Courtney, you reached out to me because you saw my post in the group and I just was kind of wondering, uh, what was the motivation behind that? Like what made you read my project and think it was interesting or Nicholas, maybe you talked with him first.
1: Um, I actually didn't. I just literally was like, yeah, my husband will talk to you. And then afterwards I was like, I should have checked with him first. <laughs> <That's good>. <laughs> 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 but um, adoption was like a really, um, it's an interesting topic for me because my cousins are adopted, Nick's adopted I have uncles and aunties that are adopted like a lot of my family are so um, anytime someone talks about it I like really join in on the conversation so I'm like oh that is, it was is really interesting. Wow I don't I obviously
2: I've well I've never been to Australia and I don't really know anything about um, how adoption sort of works in Australia. I, I, is it popular? Is that something a lot of people do?
1: It is popular. I mean, it's obviously not people's first. um, People go through IVF and stuff like that. Right. So um, that's things like that, like people will go through trying to have their own biological children first Mm -hmm. um, before that. But also in Australia, it's popular to go overseas to adopt. Okay. Yeah. get an Australian child unless you're related to them or you know someone, then it's extremely hard. Like it's nearly impossible for you to be able to adopt adopt an Australian child. Oh wow. Um, so yeah, most of the time people go overseas for it. And that is a really long process, obviously.
2: Uh Nicholas, where were you adopted? Or do people call you Nick? I'm sorry. I don't know what I keep saying Nicholas.
0: I actually, I actually prefer Nicholas.
2: Okay, cool. Um where were you adopted from?
0: I was adopted from Cali, Colombia.
2: Oh, Columbia. Okay. That's awesome. And do you, um, you have a, a brother?
0: Yes. So it's a funny, it's actually quite interesting how it all works out. So I have seven biological siblings. Wow. In the world, <laughs> I don't know how to contact them. We went to Ancestry.com and did all that to try and. Sort oh, of okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Yeah. I think we need to dig. I need to dig deeper into that. Um, but I have one brother who's adopted from Brazil. Wow. Yeah, so okay. not biological brothers, but we're very close.
2: I don't know how it was for you in Australia, but when the Black Lives Matter movement started happening here uh, back in the spring, I went to a couple demonstrations with my, protests with my friends. And that kind of just got the wheels turning, and so I kind of wanted to just get a sense if uh, how the like it, is the Black Lives Matter movement there sort of prevalent at
0: all, or how was it for both of you? Um, it was, I don't know. Over here, it was everyone sort of got up in arms about a whole lot of excuse us if we use Australian lingo. Sure, of <laughs> know, you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, People here, they sort of, I think they weren't exposed to it as much. Like, mm-hmm. because myself growing up African, I always knew that I wasn't, I'm not going to say different, mm-hmm. but I always knew that I wasn't the majority, if mm-hmm. that makes sense. So... For me, I was just like, okay, because I did a lot of history in school and a lot of reading about, you know, the Rodney King riots and how long this dates back to. So for me, I was sort of like, oh, still there, nothing's changed. Um, But then over here... I felt that people, the Indigenous Australians, and I I believe there shouldn't be labels. It should be just Australians, not Indigenous, not white, not Asian, not black Australians. It's just everyone. Mm -hmm. We're just Australians. That's the way that it should be, but we have these labels. But I think that everyone over here then started really, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like narrowing in essentially on what was happening with the Indigenous population. Mm-hmm. And that put more of a scope, if you will, on how that sort of works because at the end of the day they're our Black Indigenous you know, ancestors, that type of thing for Australia. So I think people then took it to the next level. But then also people were treading, I think, too lightly on cultural sort of sensitivity because everyone's like, oh, no, you can't say that. Oh, no, you can't say that. It's like just... it's like, you know, I think it's taken to the extreme because mm-hmm. you have other people like us that understand and have been exposed to it. So we know if something's said in a certain way that people are actually being rude or mean, whereas someone says, oh, yeah, the black guy. It's like, yeah, okay, I get it. It's not like, you know, they don't say it in the wrong way. So mm-hmm. I would think people are treading too lightly now. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually, my take on it wasn't that it was for people who were of, like, different ethnicities, I guess, mm-hmm. and different races and stuff over here. I actually took it as people who were also, like, because they were, it obviously wasn't as popular as in America with the protests and stuff like that that mm-hmm. happened. And they obviously didn't happen as extremely right. um, as it did over there. Like, there was... I wouldn't say like peaceful protests, but still there was protests that you know went down the main streets of cities and stuff like that. but mm. I actually didn't think they were over specific races. I thought it was for um like same sex relationships and stuff like that it kind of just everything all merged together. For here yeah it all merged together at the same time with everything was being protested for mm-hmm. um so I found that really interesting because we could see like everything on the news was obviously from America and it looked mm. like it was it's really hectic. hectic and everywhere over there. Yeah. But here it was, it was here, but it was not yeah. as extreme. Mm. And I just think that we don't have the, um, like say if we went down for a picnic um, like on the beach or something, Nick would be – probably the only, or maybe there'd be like three dark people right. down having a picnic in the same area of 50 people. Like mm-hmm. it's not kind of as, um, yeah, there's not as many people here right. as there are in America when we've been mm-hmm. there. Like you re- really notice that there are a lot more, mm-hmm. which I think can go like either or way. Mm-hmm. The, Definitely the minority here. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: so that is really interesting because I think people do treat Nick differently when they see him because of that. Hundred mm-hmm.
2: percent. And and how does and do you feel like or Nick? Do you? I know that for me, I will often sort of you know because I've grew up here and I'm very culturally American. In that sense, I fit in. And if you perhaps don't even see how I look and you just hear me. Or you just see me from the neck down, or something like. <laughs> um, I, I think many people would be surprised to see like an Asian face. Yeah. Um, do you feel like you um, adverse reactions to you, or is that something that you're aware of, sort of all the time? You feel like
0: uh, definitely all the time. Okay, yeah. I think it's it's pretty crazy over here. It's not. Oh, I, don't, I, I it's hard racism is a hard thing because we can all say things you know that are racist but then we have you know a diverse um variety of friends you know black Mm -hmm. asian white hispanic you name it Mm -hmm. but you know sometimes you say things and like oh geez that was actually a bit racist and Mm -hmm. then you get along with everybody Mm -hmm. so i think for me walking into you know a room or just going places i know that yeah as courtney said you know i'm probably going to be one of the 99% of the time <laughs> I'll be the only dark guy. Mm-hmm. So for me, even going to, when we went to America, mm-hmm. the black girls over there, they were looking at me like, you are not from here. It was Because uh-huh. I am not white,
1: you right. know? Right. And
0: that clearly showed. And for me, that was like a huge take back because I was like, oh, wow. Okay. That mm-hmm. makes me think like mm-hmm. really deeply. Yeah. So pretty
1: crazy but I remember Nick saying like when when we were in America he was saying to me he's like I think because Nick's worked in fashion so he was like I think because I dress differently Mm -hmm. like he always is very well presented (laughs) like he loves to wear a suit um and over there he was like I just think that they don't think I'm like them at all because of how I present myself and obviously I just don't mm. come off as one yeah. of them, right? I
0: think that's the reason I do it as well, because I feel like African Americans have been, not that I'm African American, but knowing that I'm African and I have that skin color, they've been so generalized and stereotyped. You yeah. know, it's okay, so if I can wear the suits, if I dress nicely, if I'm successful, if I do this, this, and this, yeah.
2: uh-huh.
0: it's getting me out of that box. Yeah. So I think that's a huge reason as to why I do that too. So people aren't like, oh, why is he wearing a, a bandana or a do rag or baggy pants or whatever it is,
2: right. you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like. Well, at least it sounds like it's the same in Australia, in America as well. I, I you know, it's it's sort of an income. You know, we're black people here are a minority, Asian people here are a minority, but I, it's a very incomparable experience. Um, because particularly in America, Asians are sort of seen as white adjacent. Um, and the, you know, a lot of, cause a lot of immigrants from Asian countries will, you know, become doctors and lawyers and work in tech, whereas, you know, um, black Americans are always, the system is so, there's such systematic racism that they're immediately disenfranchised and never have the same opportunity. Um, but it, it, that does like resonate with me because I remember I used to be so upset when people would associate me with being Asian and I would go out to eat with my friends. And I remember like I would completely avoid, you know, ordering rice or ordering hot water because those were things that were really stereotypically like Chinese or Asian to do. And I wanted people to understand, like, I'm not one of those people, Um, I'm not, you know, a first generation Chinese immigrant, you know, I've, I'm, I'm completely American and I didn't want to, to, to kind of appear anything other, uh, anything, but, um, so that experience of sort of wanting to control, you know, how people see you because you're aware of, of the, the stereotype, I think is, is a real, real powerful truth. Um, that adopted well. I'm sure that ra- racial people of all of all races feel, but particularly adopted because it's some sort of you're stuck between these two cultures and you kind of you know just flip flop back and forth between. Um, that is so cool. Okay. Um, now you mentioned that you're Nick that you're interested in in connecting with the siblings that you found on Ancestry.com. Um, have you always wanted to kind of connect with uh, your DNA relatives or is that something recent?
0: Uh, fairly recent. I'd okay, say interesting. Yeah, because I only, well, Courtney, we had my birth certificate out for some reason, probably applying for something, so we needed it. And Courtney was like, you know, you have like seven siblings. And I was like, I don't know, I've never, I've never, I haven't asked these questions. I've just <laughs> been adopted and that's just the way it is, you know. hmm they're really wanting to explore it, but now I'm just like, well, that would be awesome if they lived in all parts of the world, and I could go visit them, and then learn the languages, and then just mm-hmm. like nurse myself. And but then I'm like, where do I even start? You know, like I was named in the not even the the orphanage in the the hospital in the hospital. In, the, in the hospital after the nurse's grandfather, so I don't even know what my oh, wow. biological name would be. Yeah, if that makes sense. So. Mm-hmm. It's, Yeah, I wouldn't even know where to start. (laughs) Wow, that's so crazy. Um, Courtney, do you
2: feel like... um, Obviously, you you are not adopted, but you have, as you said, lots of... You know a lot of people. A lot of your family is adopted. um, And having just had a baby, um, which, congratulations, she's super cute. Um, Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you are uniquely positioned to sort of... um, understand the experience of of being caught between different cultures more i mean obviously more so than the average person but how do you interpret that and how do you sort of be a partner to someone who or a a cousin um to people who who are adopted or maybe questioning that those their identity and all of that
1: um it's quite funny because I think I actually bought you the DNA, the ancestry DNA for mm, Christmas. Yeah. I don't think I even told Nick that I had ordered it. I just yeah. ordered it one day and I said to him, like, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to. I just thought it would be something really cool and really different. Okay. Um, so that was really interesting because obviously we had no idea of, like, we figured he was African and Colombian, but uh, we had no idea what he was. So that yeah, was yeah. really um. It's interesting to figure that out. But it was really funny. I was telling someone this story recently when I was younger. My cousins that are um, adopted, mm-hmm. it, I think I was like nine years old, and we were at my nan's house. And um, someone said something about how my cousins, I think they said something maybe about how they were adopted. And I was like, What do you mean? You're adopted? And they were like, Yeah we're adopted and I was like no you're not and they're like yeah we are and I was like how did I not know that they're like I don't know because like I am black and our parents are white how really? do you think that we're not adopted but I grew up not thinking anything of it like I didn't see in color I didn't yeah. understand that, that was like you couldn't have black children if you yeah. were a complete white kind of thing so for me I I've never really thought anything of different cultures and different races because I just grew up with it being normal Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so yeah Yeah. that has always been really interesting for me when other people in specific are like like if we're walking along and someone for Nick is um you know I hate to generalize but you know they get startled because he's a dark guy um Yeah. It, it always really baffles me because I've never seen people in color. I just see them as people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It is pretty hard when you see someone react in that way. It just kind of seems really ignorant because people are people. Yeah,
2: definitely. Uh, and, and I was, I was going to ask, but I guess you, I was going to say, do you, what's your reaction to that? When you, do you sort of are defensive on Nick's behalf or, or how do you, how does that make you feel?
1: Yeah, it's, it makes me really angry actually because people yeah. generalise and they don't know what anyone is like. They don't yeah. know, um, you know, that person could be the nicest person in the world and they've just completely based a judgement off a culture and race that they don't know that person mm-hmm. um, yeah, it is really hard. I mean, I, years ago, um, probably about two years ago, I had my Instagram on public. Mm-hmm. And oh, we insane. went out to, um, I think it was my Christmas party. I don't know if you guys have that in America, but like no, before we, know, yeah. mm-hmm. we went out. You um,
0: know <laughs> we- how hard Americans party, come on now. <laughs> no, no but
1: I didn't know, but I didn't know if you call it something different or whatever, but no, um, yeah, so we went out and I put up a nice photo from um, us all dressed up at mm-hmm. my Christmas party and I think it was like two days after I put it up, this, this random person, I don't even know how they found my Instagram. Um, Some spam
0: thing for sure.
1: No, well, it was a real account. He literally commented on it going, wow, how sad that this um smart or intelligent white girl is with this no good black man that has no education and blah, blah, blah. All this stuff, like generalising about a race because of how, like uh, generalising about Nick because of how he obviously looked. Yeah. Um, But it made me so mad. I was like, people don't know anything about a person and they just judge. Mm -hmm. Like who are they to judge about someone they don't know? wow that is wild
2: that is really, really I know
1: wild. I I couldn't believe it like I've never heard of anything like that happening and mm-hmm. I don't even know if I found my Instagram
2: mm-hmm. wow wow that is that is really wild um I can't say that anything like that has ever happened to me per se, but I do definitely understand the, the whole, you know, you, you're out and about and you kind of get like awkward looks or, you know, maybe they're not even looks that are supposed to be offensive, but they are anyway, because as you said, they're ignorant. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I know that when I uh, used to go to Chinatown in New York with my parents who are very white, um, you know, it would, all of the, all of the Chinese people in Chinatown would, you know, would just stare and and I could see like the, the thought bubbles like above their heads. Um, you know, why is this? This Asian girl with these two white people—that's not right. You know, she, she should be with her own kind. And um, I remember my mom would tell me stories when we would be in in like a Chinese restaurant eating, and the waiters and the waitresses would would come up and like like caress my hair and touch me because they felt like they were entitled to that just because they were the same. Like race or same appearance as me. And, I, you know, I, these are just strangers touching me. Get away from me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, that definitely, it's so unfortunate that people will just, like, assume they know you or assume that you're the same as them because of the color of your skin. And I think that that's something that's cool that is unique to adoptees is that, you know, we have this, power and this sort of opportunity to um, sort of normalize, better normalize like that idea that, you know, just because someone looks the way they are, doesn't mean that there's this whole story underneath it that you don't know. Um, Nick, I don't know if this will resonate with you, but sometimes people will ask me, oh, where are you from? and It's very clear to me that what they actually mean to be asking is you know, you you don't look white, but you really seem white. Is that anything that happens to you?
0: All the time. Yeah. I sort of play it off with a sort of direct yet funny. I just say, oh, you mean, why am I black?
2: Uh huh. Oh, yeah. So you go right, you say it right to their face, you go for it.
0: Oh no, I didn't mean it. Like I'm like, it's okay. Do you mean where am I from, or where do I live? Right. Yes. Exactly. You know where are you from? It's like, come on, just say it. Like
1: I was about to say, Nick and his dad have this joke where, like, if they're together and someone says to Nick, "Where are you from?" Nick and his dad will be like, "Oh, King." where he grew up so yeah. yeah it definitely happens all the time yeah. like yeah. I don't think we ever go a place that someone doesn't ask him
0: mm. yeah. oh, where are you from even when I'm with my dad it's like oh yeah. Mm. well you, this, this is my dad mm-hmm. can't you see we have the same eyes <laughs> 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 I mean, yeah wow from there on a more serious note it's yeah that they I think people need to be a bit more I'm not going to say direct, but just ask what you want to ask. Don't right. answer around. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm.
2: All right. That is a wrap on part one of my interview with Nick and Courtney. As I said at the top of the episode, there is a lot more material to come in the next two weeks. So hang in there. Make sure you tune in next Tuesday to hear part two of this awesome conversation. And more importantly, Nick and Courtney's amazing story. Now, my question for this week sort of brings it all home and it is, what is one thing you have learned from this podcast, from I'm Adopted, Now What, about adoption that you didn't know before? That could be anything from, oh, I didn't know about like the differences between Korean adoption, Like the Korean adoption system versus the Chinese adoption system. Or I didn't realize that so many adoptees had the shared experience of the where are you from question. It could literally be anything that you've learned from this past season. You know what's coming next. There will definitely be an Instagram post on the podcast feed where you should leave your answers in the comments below. Thanks for listening to this episode of I'm Adopted Now What, hosted by me, Liza. If you liked what you heard, then please be sure to subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen. Leave a good review and share this episode with a friend. If there's a topic you'd like to hear discussed on a later episode, DM me and tell me all about it. You can do that and find this podcast on Instagram and Facebook at imadopted.podcast. See you there.